0: Speaking the truth to the state capitol, this is Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN.
1: All right, folks, a uh, somewhat snowy Thursday, March 16th here on Drive Time Lincoln. I'm your host, Jack Riggins, restoring American values, trying, trying to bring common sense to the capital city. Johnny Cadillac is... Really vertical in the uh, front leaning, not the front leaning rest. That'd be the push up position, the standing at attention. And he's executive producing the show. Johnny's got the best KLIN News Talk 1499 3 shirt I've ever seen on. Oh, thanks. It Good job there, Johnny. Just came in today. And I was really focused to make sure I didn't lock my knees that time. That was good. I don't want you to go down, <laughs> uh, because if you go down, I'll just keep talking, but we'll have <laughs> no idea if it's working out. 32 degrees. Feels like 19. I don't think it feels that cold out there, but it is windy, very windy, about 22 out of the north. Uh, folks, interesting enough, I have to say, <laughs> check out com. And this article we have about the auction scam that's going around town. And I will tell you this. I took it hook, line, and sinker. I even convinced some other friends of mine to go. And I'm going to tell you why. I got a mailer. And what caught my eye was a Lamborghini that was on the mailer. So it is true. The government does seize things because of police action usually or something terrible happens. And there are auctions. The government does do that at times. We sell our military equipment. And so this flyer caught my eye because I have actually seen the car that's on it, which happened to be a Lamborghini, in Lincoln. And so it's a very rare Lamborghini, and the color of the car is very rare. And so I'm thinking that is obviously as LPD and and the city is putting out that this is a bogus auction, so do not do this. And now I am. I am just telling you that I was like, Holy cow. And I am aware of a situation where somebody who is decent, was decently affluent, a terrible thing has happened. And it is logical that they would have a lot of things that are in this supposed auction that's going to be liquidated. Uh, So I started talking about to other guys. Everybody's like, oh yeah, I know that car. Uh, Because you're just not going to see that many Lamborghinis of that color driving around Lincoln. And if, You are the guy that has a Lamborghini with that car. I hope you still have it and everything's good. It's just some of us are like, wow. Um, So anyway, then after I talked to some of my fellow mates, I'm driving home and I see a sign going up. And once again, I'm like, well, that's kind of normal procedure. I mean, you got to put signs up because these things don't happen that often. And, uh, you know, yours truly did call the number, did get... Get some reserve seats for me and the, me and the mates. And uh, woke up today to find out that LPD warned citizens about bogus auction signs. And I, LPD mailers, too, because I got one. Uh, now, you could go to our article by Tom Stanton on com. It is the most bizarre thing. Now, we tried to figure out why would they do that. I mean, they have my phone number and they have my name now. So I guess maybe identity theft. Did I sign up for robocalls the rest of my life? They didn't ask for a credit card. I suspect maybe they do ask for a credit card from some people. I don't know. But LPD and everybody says this is bogus, and it's been going on in other places. Uh, so I just want to make you aware. But I do want to admit, I took it hook, line, and sinker because I believed, based on you know other friends and some things that have happened in Lincoln, um, where um, you know somebody's assets, if you will, were seized or are going to be seized. Um, and the fact that I have seen that Lamborghini <laughs> driving around Lincoln, I was like, oh, well, maybe there is some pretty cool stuff there. And I've never been to a government auction other than to know that when I was on active duty, we all used to cry about how much our military hardware would sell for like a Humvee that was probably hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, would sell for $5,000 and everybody think, geez, I wish I could have bought that thing. Anyway, We've got Senator Suzanne Geist on, uh, mayoral candidate Geist at this moment. Welcome back to Drive Time, Lincoln. Thank you, Jack. It's good to be here. Um, I'm I'm hoping you didn't uh, see all these signs around town. <laughs> uh, but isn't that just bizarre?
2: That is bizarre. And I have to tell you, I have not been driving around town very much.
1: But I have seen that vehicle, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think anybody, because in, in Lincoln, a car like that stands mm-hmm. out tremendously, and the color stands out tremendously. And so it was just very interesting. So yeah, anyway, beware folks. Easy to fall for. Yeah. I think easy. I'm getting old or something because I fell for one uh with a recovery. Oh, my bank account recovery. I had to I had to tell that one on air earlier this year. Ooh. You know? They actually cloned my bank's like it popped up as the ID of my bank. Oh, so, that's creepy. Right. Because I'm thinking I have it saved on my phone. And so, you know, if somebody else calls you, it's just their digits. And I was like, oh, and it was a text. And so I was like, oh, yeah, what, what, you know, typical like, oh, did you use your card here? No. And yeah, I, f- I fell for that one hook, line and sinker. Yeah. But it seemed odd because I'd never gone through the process before. And like I did, in fact, give it to him and then thought about it. Then I called my bank and it was like I got it cut off before. Oh, they- that's good. Yeah. Anyway, right. it can happen, folks, and, and we run a lot of shows about it. Uh, well, yeah, I I suspect you've been sitting in the legislature not doing a heck of a lot, except talking with other <laughs> legislatures about what is going to happen, given the filibuster. But I, I really want to talk about your mayor race and okay. how that's going. It's you know, going great. Yeah. Things
2: are going good. Yeah, I've been busy and
1: it's, working hard. It seems like it's gone. You've been on before. Um, it seems like it's gone really fast to me. Um, and and we are getting to primary time, and and then we the are. general. Um, what are you hearing or issues from Lincolnites that that they are you know interested in?
2: You know, one of the things that uh, has really come more to the forefront than was when I first declared my candidacy has been uh, being responsible with government resources. Uh, originally I uh, and still public safety is a huge sure. deal. Um and and the way that I see that is a bit different than than our current administration does. But um but when we all went through getting those little forms in the mail that tell us or online telling us how much our uh property is valued at, mm. it it kind of pushed some other things off the front and that has been an, an item people have been talking about lately.
1: Yeah, I think with COVID and everything that's gone on, and even the, the national economy being what it is, I think there's quite a bit more sticker shock when property values come back and your taxes increase. Yeah. yeah. Um. And and that has probably caused a lot of folks to go, "Hey, what, what's going on here?" Mm-hmm. Um. Interesting enough. Speaking of public safety, because that's always uh at the forefront, and I suspect that that's going to continue to be a major talking point of all candidates mm-hmm. to a degree. Um, but you got the endorsement of the police union. I did. And I, I don't did. think I've talked to you since then. No,
2: I know we tried to get together, yeah. and I have kind of a crazy schedule, yeah. and so. Um, but yeah, I a huge honor. Uh, I've worked with uh, Omaha Police Department and Lincoln Police Department. Oh gosh, probably three or four years. Uh, I've done some legislation for them. I've just done a lot of deep dive study. Mm-hmm. And um, ride alongs, and I'm a huge supporter, and um, and I think it all culminated last year in the session when um, I, I really stood for making sure we didn't lower penalties or sentences without taking a good hard look at investing in our community resources and making actually helping our inmates who are transitioning out uh, to get better. And as a state, we really, in my opinion, need to focus on that. We are at a time in our economy, uh, we may be coming to an end of this time, but at the time when I was arguing it, and even currently, we have the resources to beef up our community resources. Mm -hmm. And um, And so that was a focus of what I wanted to see and standing against changing sentences and penalties. We can talk about that at some other time, but but not when we're in need of resources to help people get jobs, uh, transition out with housing, Mm -hmm. um, with programming that will actually make their life better, make them better. And I think that needs to be on the front burner, even uh, beefing up some of our diversion services. Sure. Uh, but that needs to be a focus before we change our penalties and
1: sentences. Sure. Yeah. And I, I think what you're saying is obviously the police unions and the and the officers and everybody pay a lot of attention to that kind of the continuum of law from, you know, safety all the way to, hey, you know, we've got a case to. Uh, going through the judicial system to then maybe incarceration, and then on the back end, right. I mean, it's all kind of this big cookie. And as you said, I mean, I know uh Pat Condon has been in here before, and I think Lincoln's done some good things on the front end, especially with youth. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, then there's a statewide back end which you're referencing talking to, and uh, that's part of it. And somebody needs to take that on and work with the experts. It, but I think you're right, um, but meaning. Things change, economies yeah. change, and we've had kind of an abrupt nationwide change in the last two years or last year. Um, and so, you know, one of the things I think that you mentioned uh, recently at a, at a Republican gathering uh, was a number of officers here. And that's something since I've been on the radio, I've heard so much from the men and women in uniform uh, about, you know, how we're trying to police and just mm-hmm. kind of the cold, hard facts about whether we're actually manned correctly right so to speak
2: yeah we definitely need more officers uh nationwide the average officer count is about 1.9 per 1000 we are in the low ones 1.0 1.1 uh, which means we need a couple hundred more officers and that's a that's a huge investment for the city to make but but the flip side of not making that investment is that our men and women in uniform then can just only react. They're not able to be pro- well, they're reactive rather than proactive. Correct. So, um, you know, being able to just write tickets, to be able to be on patrol, to, I mean, how long has it been since you've just seen officers driving, just patrolling your neighborhood mm-hmm. or patrolling downtown? They're usually responding to something that it, it, and part of that is, is there's a nationwide shortage of law enforcement. So I, that's understandable. But also in our city, our officers need to know that they are supported, that good times and bad, that the administration is going to be shoulder to shoulder with them and for them, and then demand a professional, uh, top to bottom professional behaving uh, department and that 's what I intend to to lead um, lead by example for one um, and then also require uh, it 's not just leading it 's not just showing what needs to be done but it 's expecting that and then having accountability that that 's what is going to happen
1: yeah, I think that um, the more I study. You know, local politics, the mayoral position um, has a big responsibility and accountability as the mm-hmm. senior elected official. Right. Um, and it's something that in the military, of course, uh, Washington does for us and ultimately the president, so to speak. Um, and, and and you have to take that seriously, as you're alluding to, because even though people are trying to do their best in a difficult situation, things can get astray. And I'm certainly not saying any one person or anybody in LPD isn't that way but it's just the normal flow of civilian Mm -hmm. oversight and understanding and having that relationship you know one of the things um do you think that over the last three four years both nationally and the way lincoln as a whole kind of i'm going to say the incumbent government handled some of the things like riots and national movements really kind of tried to maybe re-envision policing in a way with less numbers or whatever that has led to this. Mm-hmm. And, and and is that a factor? And are you suggesting that we need to get the officers to get Lincoln back to a place that has, you know, proper safety and security?
2: Yeah, I for am. For
1: growth, even.
2: Yeah, I, I am suggesting that. And um, I there's probably some middle ground there. But... I can also say that that I, I believe uh, that the riots, the disturbance I've heard definitions of whatever <laughs> happened, um, uh, several different ways, but, but I believe uh, there, there was fostered some lack of trust there, mm-hmm. a lack of feeling of support. And I think that has also led to this, uh, downturn in the number of officers we have, uh, but there is also that, that mindset you said about policing with less. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that Lincoln is not ready for that. Mm-hmm. We, the, the community itself loves our police officers. We support them. Uh, we don't mind seeing them in our community. Right. And in many cases, we want to partner with them. Mm-hmm. They're great partners for many of our, um, nonprofits, our schools, uh, Many of the gathering places where young children are, that's a place you want officers to be seen to take that mystique out of what is a police officer to a child. It shouldn't be a fear, um, but but a relationship that can be fostered. And I
1: totally support that. I would like to get back to that. Sure, sure. Yeah. And I think that the officer numbers is a big part of that. Um, And it enables them uh, to get on a better rotation of being proactive, as I like to say, deterrence, even as simple as something like police cruisers that cause us all to pop on our brakes every once in a while. I mean, that just helps. Um, And I agree with you. I think that, um, you know not only with the department, but any mayor, you know, you're going to look for efficiency. And so mm-hmm. it's never going to be completely, you know, black or white, left or right. It's just in there. And, and I think that, um, you know, some of the stats and numbers and the way Lincolnites feel is that they'd like us to get back to what you're describing in policing. I All I right, agree. we'll come back with uh, mayoral candidate Suzanne Geist here on fourteen hundred ninety nine three
0: KLIN. You're getting the 411 from DTL. With Commander Jack Riggins on fourteen hundred and and 99.3 KLIN.
1: All right, folks, we're back here about two minutes. We're on with a mayoral candidate, Suzanne Geist, who is a senator as well. So she's uh, kind of uh, getting a lot of a lot of politics, a lot of busy times right now. If you have questions, please send them into the text line 402-479-1400. Usually pretty good at getting them asked. Um, the other thing that's going on, I almost forgot, was March Madness. Oh yeah, which parallels or uh, parallels our Munch Madness, which Johnny reminds me of every day. Um, so I have not said a word today. I know you haven't, <laughs> but uh, uh, good luck to everybody with that because I'm sure there's lots of quote unquote office pools out there, and it's actually a pretty fun time of the year, and uh, <laughs> just enjoy it. The other thing is, uh, learn from me. Uh, Do not lose an iPhone number or break your entire phone so that when you get a new phone, you reset your Apple ID password, but you can't get back to your other phone. Just don't do that. Because they say, well, no, if you just do this and you can click on this, it'll be no problem. And I'm like, can't you just give me a recovery email? And believe it or not, I got like so front sight focused on that this afternoon that I was like, oh, my God. I've got to get to the radio station. (laughs) Like Apple and I were going at it for two hours. Like that just shouldn't happen. So it could be operator error. I'm not saying that folks, it could be, it could be all on my end, uh, but you don't want to do that. Uh, Suzanne, real quick. Tell me, this is more of like a fun question. What has been the most enjoyable part about campaigning for mayor?
2: I absolutely love two things. The people that I meet and finding out, Jobs that happen in Lincoln that I never knew were there.
1: Meeting the people and getting to know that there's work and jobs that people are doing that yeah. you didn't know were here in the city.
2: Yeah, I, and far and above. I love that's meeting cool. people. Yeah, that's cool. It's my favorite.
1: All right, back on with the mayoral candidate Geist, 1499.3 KLIN. Pulling up
2: to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot
1: Mm.
0: Drive Time Lincoln with the commander Jack Riggins on the voice of Lincoln 1499.3 All Alright
1: folks, we're back here, second segment Thursday, March 16th Hope you're enjoying the snow, hopefully it's our last snow. Uh, Johnny's still alive I'm still here and mayoral candidate Suzanne Geist is here also Senator I did want to ask, just real quick, if you put on your Senator hat Sure the filibuster's just got to be an interesting thing to see <laughs> going on it this is. long
2: it is it is it reminds me of when we did a rules debate when i right when I was first elected back in two thousand and seventeen, we debated the rules for like this <laughs> amount of time, and so um it does remind it I'm uh, kind of flashback, but yeah, you just get a lot done when people are talking.
1: Yeah, I I bet you do. I mean I I used to always tell uh young people, young officers I had when and and I'm guilty of being one of those guys that gets up there and talks for too much. Uh, I'm like, no, you just have a notepad. You just scribble on it, whatever you want. You know, do your bills, do something. And I go, then the boss thinks you're taking notes. And, and you're just waiting for him to be done opining. Yes. It's, you know. Well, so, you know, you can probably get a lot done and you can talk to other people. But in the end of the day, we're looking forward to uh, seeing it start to move forward. And I yes. think it's it's going to. Um, You know, interesting question from uh, one of the texters, um, other Scott. Because I think a lot of Lincolnites assume, maybe wrongly, that the city council will will be democratically controlled, mm-hmm. um, whoever the next mayor mm-hmm. is. How would you work with the city council?
2: You know, I, I like this question because it assumes that we're going to not agree because we're in different parties. Well, currently, I work with a lot of Democrats right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I've actually prioritized a colleagues of mine, Bill, who happens to be a Democrat, Helping another colleague get a, some bills passed. We work together all the time. One of the things that I will do as a mayor, uh, if elected mayor, when elected mayor, I guess yeah. I should say, um, is regularly meeting, building a relationship. Uh, I don't believe that city business is nearly as polarizing and uh, divisive as what i'm doing right now Mm -hmm. what the things that are that are the priorities in my uh campaign and will be the priorities in my administration are all about city business and that really is kind of irrelevant to party yeah so on that end to that end it's still all about relationships and building those relationships meeting together regularly finding out what the priorities are in their district, what are the things they're hearing and seeing, what am I hearing and seeing, putting our heads together and solving those things. When you're talking about public safety roads, growing the city, building business, uh, building or getting jobs, transporting people Mm -hmm. here, um, those things aren't necessarily right, left, or center. They're just city business. Yeah, And so... That's how I plan to work with them. Meet regularly, put our heads together. What are the things we agree on? We might have a different way of getting there, but that's where compromise comes in. Sure. And so uh, I think the benefit of, of hearing people have opposing views is valuable. Uh, I don't pretend to corner the market on all the good ideas. And so, um, it's simply sitting down regularly meeting and building a relationship
1: the this this might be a little bit loaded question i I hate to give it to you, but I'm going to because I am I, I, I think I think I'll know your answer but maybe not I think part of what frustrates Lincolnites the ones I talk to is partly national politics a little bit we've definitely got more divisive um, second, I think that. There is an appearance or maybe there is a lack of transparency or what I call last minute give it to the public from right. city council specifically, sometimes the mayor's office. And and I'm going to assume because of what you're saying, and I agree that it's just city business. But when the people feel like it's late to their ears or late right. to the, oh, man, we're going to spend what? It frustrates them. And so sure. they think the worst. Would you be willing to, in those meetings, you know, whether it be monthly or weekly, give a report to the people to say, this is what we're discussing. This is, you know, kind of where we're at on it. Mm -hmm. So that, say, and I'm just using it because it was high-profile people, the fairness ordinance just doesn't drop on a Friday, and none of the rest of us have heard about it.
2: Which is exactly, your point is exactly right. That is why people are suspicious of government. That's why they don't trust us. And it is because we're, we're not open. We're not, we don't lay the groundwork and then present a product all the way along the line, which is so unfair to the public. Now, some of it, the public has a responsibility to tune in, sure. be, be connected. But a bigger part of that responsibility is laying out your plan and then having an open door policy and a give-and-take with the public about what your plan is, how you plan to execute Mm -hmm. that. And it's not that hard. Um, However, it takes deliberate, intentional
1: time. And I I think that's a great line there. I mean, it does take deliberate, intentional time to do that, but I I think that it's the responsibility of a mayor, mayor mayor-candidate, any senior leader um, to to do that and realize ultimately you need to try to be a uniter, not a divider of yes. people. Yes,
2: and to that point, I uh, the I know I am longing for that kind of leadership, mm-hmm. and I believe the public is longing for that kind of leadership. I believe, and from what I have heard, our city is ready to unite. Mm. ready to rally around the things we agree on rather than being divided among the things we disagree on. Those disagreements are, in many cases, some people's core values, but those are not city business. Mm-hmm. City business, we can all rally around and be united on. We can all have our disagreements socially, What whatever people want to do prescribed to and their personal lives, that's fine. But that does not have to be the front burner issue of our city. The things that can be are the things that unite us. Mm. And then we can all have our own opinions on the side about what might divide us.
1: But that is not what I plan to bring to this office. Well, I think you just described what um, you've been saying during your campaign and, and on your website, which is mayor dot com, folks. If you want to go check it out, which is people before politics, absolutely. I mean, you're you just laid that out in, in a pretty easy to understand fashion, and uh, when you're elected, if you're elected, I will definitely hold you to uh, some kind of. I report. hope you do because
2: <laughs> I, like I said. Um, I, I try not to say things that I don't mean and that I don't intend to flesh out. That is the way that I live my life, Yeah, and I'm too old to change.
1: <laughs> that's okay. Sometimes it's good to be too old to change on some things, and I, th- I think that's a good one. Transparency, um, it's better to be more transparent than less, and I do think Lincolnites are starving for that. One of the things I've been confused about is talking with a whole bunch of people, and and I'm all for figuring out affordable housing for folks. Um, And I think everybody around the nation is always trying to figure that out, and and us here in Lincoln as well. But I also know that builders, electricians, and everybody that builds right now is really under a pinch Mm -hmm. in the city. And it's, it's almost like the two ideas of you know, growing small business and growing local-owned builders and folks that are in that industry, as well as providing affordable housing. It's like the left hand isn't talking to the right hand mm-hmm. with regard to the actual dynamics on the ground. Yeah.
2: Well, and we all know that that costs are going up, and that that's reflected in pricing and valuations and all of that all across the country. But as a mayor, one of the responsibilities is, if we're going to talk about affordable housing, then the decisions that we make need to feed that. And so uh, I I was telling you earlier in the break that I read an article in the Omaha World Herald a few weeks ago that said about 32% of building costs are regulations. So just imagine your $300,000 home in Omaha, about 32% of that is due to regulations. I would suggest it might be a tick higher in Lincoln. Mm. So so what that means is as a elected official our decisions directly affect affordable housing. And so If I'm going to talk about affordable housing, my decisions need to
1: enable affordable housing. Yeah, the policies have to match the rhetoric that that you're saying, and and folks, you need to think about that because I say it all the time on the show, and many national pundits too. Everything gets passed on to us, yes, in some way, shape, or form. Uh, Even if it would would to be, and I know Johnny's going to roll his eyes here. Even if it would be to pay off all college debt, okay, everybody's going to pay for that in some way, shape, or form. Um, and in this case, I mean that might be another fifty thousand on your house. It doesn't need to be there because, frankly, uh, government's getting a, a lot of money. At least here in Nebraska, state's doing well. The cities are doing well. Um, and you know, you just can't talk about one thing, but the policies are leading to you know a third of your costs, right? Because that's just not. St- that doesn't make sense economically or for the long-term vision, right and it ends up being unsustainable I uh, one of
2: the things that that I would really I'll be intentional in focusing on is enabling that young couple to buy a home the newly out of college they have their first jobs and they're just married right now that is incredibly difficult mm. um, we have to consider at all ends of the economic spectrum, whether low income or high income, are people able to get into and afford over the long term their own home? Yeah. And in many cases right now, the answer to that is no.
1: Yeah, I, I haven't seen when tons of regulation ever makes sense. You know, on the other side of that, um, we want to – have economic growth obviously, and uh, there's a new project right now, a potential high rise with uh, maybe being able to attract people from out of state. Um, what what are some of the thoughts you have on us being attractive and the type of people that we want to bring in? Because at some place or at some point with the university as a as a big part of Lincoln, right? You you have very um, educated. High end folks coming in, and then other businesses that are looking at Lincoln, how do we make Lincoln more attractive and continue to grow Lincoln economically, not only within mm-hmm. but in attracting that outside talent?
2: Well, one of the things is that we need to be business friendly in that when someone comes to Lincoln and says, "I have a business either either they're coming from outside or planting inside, and they have a business idea. And the city needs to say, how can we help you? What can we do to make you successful? I believe that that's a a change of what some businesses are hearing right now now some are hearing that some are not mm. but I think it's it's so important that the city can find a way to get to yes rather than saying you know we've never done that before so the answer is no or this is the way we always do things so the answer is no but changing that mentality to how can we help you how can we get to yes um, that's one thing, the other is I would love to see a really good partnership between our local business um, entities, all of them small to big, and the university mm. and the the uh community colleges, union college and and really uh making a robust environment for apprenticeships um exposing sophomores and juniors to what are the opportunities right here in this city for you to stay here whether it's an entrepreneurial opportunity or an opportunity with a, a existing business that they could stay here have a family and
1: thrive here sure sure yeah that's interesting i mean there has been some inroads but i think it's it is a two-fold problem uh, young people i i don't necessarily know that for whatever reason that you're just really out there digging locally we all dream I mean I left the state when I graduated and there's nothing wrong with that but in the end of the day there's tons of opportunities here and I think that you know you need to work on your end and we need to provide Mm -hmm. other opportunities so you see it earlier right so you can put it into your calculus of oh yeah you know and just
2: exposing students to what's available yeah because it can be a very insulating yeah. place if you're at the university you might not be in west lincoln or sure. north lincoln or south lincoln uh to see what the opportunities
1: are yeah most of us uh, at least me i didn't get past o street when i was uh, <laughs> <laughs> at the university so uh and i like yes on business meaning let the businesses decide but try to find yes for Every type of business, every type of thing, along mm-hmm. with our already established partners, um, because, you know, that's how we grow. Infrastructure always comes up. I'm sure people talk about it. Mm-hmm. I think the question I get the most, though, is what happened to my wheel tax? You know, and and how do we go about, I guess, reimagining, mm-hmm. you know, how we do infrastructure or, or prioritize it?
2: That's a good question. And I get asked that a lot. Um one of the things is just like any business would. When I take office, digging into the very fine details of the budget and reprioritizing the things that doesn't, I, I, whenever I say rep prioritizing people say so what are you going to cut right, right. now let's talk about what are we going to emphasize that doesn't mean yeah, that's a cutting, good word. that's a good word yeah we're not going to just go chop everybody's budget off but re-emphasizing what are the things that are most important that need attention currently our roads and infrastructure need attention so we're going to dig in and audit every department of the of the city and say where can we save where can we shift where can we prioritize road spending so that we can get our roads back on track? Yeah. We need some attention to our arterials. We need some attention to our infrastructure, and that has to take a priority. You cannot let that suffer for very long before you get so far behind
1: it's difficult to catch up. Yeah. So- no, I, I mean, I I like that word, emphasize, and, and that, that makes a lot of sense. Because, listen, as a city, right, we're good people. Um we, you know, we we need good leadership. We need to constantly be growing and thinking of different ways to do things. And, you know, I think that's a better word, emphasizing something opposed to reprioritizing, because oftentimes, especially in politics, we go, oh, well, you know, you're going to cut the military then. No, no, no. We're just going to put some Correct. emphasis over here on this. Right. Um. You have talked about. Um, you know imagine lincoln as we go forward mm-hmm. um... what do you see uh... through your term and kind of beyond in in mm-hmm. your own mind when you imagine lincoln two four six years out what mm-hmm. do you want to see in lincoln
2: i'll tell you what success would look like to me uh... by the time i leave office i want lincoln to be the best place to do business the place that young people want to come because it's exciting there's options there's a dynamic, growing liveliness about the city. I, we have so much potential, and I would like to capitalize that through growth, You know, making our roads better, but also a young, vibrant community that has options for young families, for young people, um, and just the place to be in Nebraska.
1: Yeah, it sounds like uh, I'll, I'll shorten it. What I'm hearing, kind of generational growth—a yes. place where somebody can raise their family, and, and and Lincoln is a growing Lincoln that has roots in the old, but is really catapulting Looking to forward. the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right, Suzanne, guys, appreciate you coming in. Absolutely, thank you. You bet. Fourteen hundred ninety
0: nine three KLIN. You're getting the four one one from DTL with. Com- Commander Jack Riggins on 14993 K L I N. All
1: right, folks. Uh, that was uh, Senator Suzanne Geist, also mayoral candidate Suzanne Geist on the Republican side. Uh, Stan Parker is also Republican candidate. Uh he has been on the show as well. I suspect we may see both of them again. Of course, uh, uh, current mayor, uh, Baird, is always welcome to come on the show. I don't think that will happen, but I will honor allowing her to speak to the people and just tell us about her platform. Um, but I thought it was a good conversation with Suzanne Geist. Informative. Um, a little bit more than just what you'll get um, off the website you can go to her website if you want it, Suzanne Geist for mayor.com I, I would encourage you to do that on all three candidates and check out you know if you're not familiar just check out first their websites and who they are and and how they feel on the issues um, because it's important I do think that um, not just because of this show but Lincoln is at a little bit of a Kind of culture crisis or trying to figure out, you know, where and how we should govern. And I think a lot of that is passed down from the national stuff going on. And I would just submit that, you know, we and one of the main reasons I came back to Nebraska is to push away that national stuff. I mean, make no mistake. I love serving the country and all of that, but I identify as a Nebraskan. And I want to raise my kids here, so I am. And one of the key reasons is because I didn't want to have to deal with sometimes all the goofiness that goes on across our great nation. Um, But we have a chance, right, to do it for all of us. And Lincoln has had a good history of mixing diversity. Um, But at the same time, I think, you know, of late, um, we've gotten really political. And I would like to see us working together as people. And so you're going to have candidates to choose from this time, Uh, good candidates, and uh, they're getting their words out there. And I appreciate Suzanne Geis coming on. No drive time Lincoln tomorrow, and I'm on vacation next week, so enjoy Doug Fitzgerald, fourteen hundred ninety nine three KLIN.